up, Jacket Nation? The 2022 season is upon us. Fall camp is in full swing. It's almost wrapping up. Uh, I think they have a full scrimmage tomorrow. Uh, actually, today, August 20th. Um, it, we're right in the heat of it, guys. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, apologize for not putting out a, an episode for quite a while. Um, last one was probably Jaron Willis's, Jaron Willis's commitment to Georgia Tech. And then he had a second commitment and then ends up flipping to Ole Miss. And rumor has it, uh, he doesn't really care for Ole Miss. So who knows? He may be, end up a jacket no matter what, as long as we can win some games this year. But um, yeah, shoot, guys, it's been a long time. Um, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm actually uh, battling COVID right now. Well, uh, got pretty sick earlier in the week. Nothing too crazy, but this is the second time I've had it. And I've had vaccines and whatnot and everything else. But um, the first time was pretty rough. And this time, it's not, not as... Not as bad, but still enough to kind of make you feel a little uneasy. But getting better, getting back in the swing of things, just a few days. And uh, it's like a rough flu, really, really, really bad flu for me. Not for everyone, but for me. So I'm glad to have drank a lot of water. I give that I give that clue to anybody. Drink a lot of water. Even if you're not sick, drink a lot of water. It'll help you. But... Uh, I hope our Yellow Jackets drink a lot of water this year <laughs> because I hope it means they're busting some tail. Uh, I hope they're busting Clemson's tail here in a few weeks. Um, man, I just, I'm welcoming everyone back. I'm glad everyone's uh, hopefully here, healthy, and ready to cheer on the, the gold and white. And uh, I'm sorry, the white and gold. And now you see how, how in the loop I am. Um, Man, it's been a while. It's 2022. It's hard to believe. Uh, but to say that, let, let's let's reflect on where Georgia Tech is at as a program in 2022. So 10 years ago, shoot, 20 years ago, we hadn't even seen Calvin Johnson really. He hasn't come on yet, and Calvin's not really a thing. Uh, it's coming in the next few years. And then that's the Chan Gailey era. And then we get into the Paul Johnson era in the late 2000s. And then 2012, uh, kind of the down, the downside of not having Jonathan Dwyer and uh, Bebe and no, rest in peace, Bebe. I don't know if everybody's heard that Demaryius Thomas passed away. I hope everyone's heard and paid their respects, but... Uh, Rest in peace to Marius Thomas, an uh, uh, amazing young man, amazing young individual, amazing professional. Um, just lost his life way too short. But um, yeah, I mean, after the the losses of uh, Nesbitt and Dwyer and Thomas and, and some of those higher profile guys, you know, that maybe were Chan Gailey recruits or expected to be in a different offense. Uh, Paul Johnson had a little bit of struggles, but then he found his quarterback in 2014. We had a great quarterback with Justin Thomas. Um, led us to a uh, Orange Bowl victory over Dak Prescott and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, 
And then here we are 10 years later, eight years later from that, uh, going into the 2022 season. And boy, have we seen a lot in 20 years at Georgia Tech. I mean, if we compare it to teams like Clemson that were just bad, got good, and got better. And now we don't know where they're at. You take teams like Duke, they were bad, good for a couple random years, and bad again. Virginia Tech in that time period was really good, somewhat good, and teetered around mediocre to average for the last six, seven years. Um, North Carolina, bad, 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 bad. And then recently got good with rankings for recruiting, but not that great. So, uh, to me, Tech has gone up and down the most and one of the most uh, erratic scales in all of the ACC. Uh, Miami is another one where they were really good in the early 2000s, talking about national championships and things like that. Had probably the most loaded team in all of history. Um, in all of college history, honestly, they had some studs. At least they had some NFL studs. Um, but that was, uh, that was way before... Uh, what 28 that was 20 plus years ago yeah so if you think about tech in the past 20 years so 2002 to 2022 we've gone from the calvin johnson era to the paul johnson era to now the coach collins era and i think a lot of people have some bad taste in the mouth about coach collins and where this program currently sits and um I can't say that I blame you, but I also can't blame people who are optimistic. Um, I don't think anyone truly expected Tech to come out of the triple option offense and hit the ground running. Um, there's a lot of reasons for people to negatively recruit against Georgia Tech. There's a lot of reasons for people to... Um, basically take advantage of where Tech sat in that position. They were a sitting duck. Paul Johnson retires. We're done. We, I mean, we we scrambled. I guess Stansbury was sold into the uh, Collins job by Collins. Collins basically sold himself into the job and uh, so far has, I would say, underperformed. Uh, and I think he would admit to it that this is not where he thought it would be, but I think uh, there's not many people in the country, not many coaches that want tech to succeed for more than just their job and for more than just the salary and their success and for their status within the college football world. I think Coach Collins wants it because he loves Georgia Tech. Uh, that's special. Do you think Saban truly loves Alabama? Saban loves what Alabama provides for him. But he didn't grow up a Bama fan. He didn't grow up, you know, basically a fanatic or anything like that. He didn't, uh, what is it, Jimbo Fisher didn't grow up a Texas A&M fan, a fanatic for them. He didn't go there and say, you know, this is where I want to be and this is the greatest place and blah, blah, blah. Urban Meyer didn't feel that way about Florida or Ohio State. It was just places that gave him, them, the individual coaches, an opportunity to 
perform at the highest level and to win at the highest level. And I think Collins viewed Tech as a sneaky good place to do that. Now, whether he's the right person to do that or not uh, is yet to be seen. I think we're slowly being shown maybe not, but also... Who knows? What if he was the second coach I got brought in? Say we did bring in um, Tony Elliott from Clemson back in 2019. And we're doing worse than what we did now. Maybe we've only won, instead of nine games in three years, maybe we've only won six, seven. And then he, Tony gets fired last year because he's not a tech person. He's not, he's not a, a, a tech person diehard any coach take take any coach even if they were tech diehard or, or the former tech player maybe they're not a diehard they could have played for tech but they may not be a diehard for tech and you take uh those guys and then they move on and then maybe they set the precedence for recruiting and they change the the view of georgia tech throughout the southeast and collins comes in and he needs to rebuild a, a just a bad team, not a triple option bad team. <laughs> who knows what who what he could do? I don't know. Uh, but I think one thing that held him back was money. Um, we had an offensive coordinator the past few years that just I don't believe was up to the task of working to the player's skills. Uh, call it a square peg in a round hole. Um, I just feel that Collins got the short end of the stick when it comes to money and, and Tech is pretty tight with the money uh, I don't know where it's going to come from I know I put in my, my two cents a uh, little bit more than two cents but I put in my two cents um, so I, I don't know I, I've, I keep pushing the bill of you know, we need to fund the coaches and fund the staff. And I think we finally have. Um, we've had some coaching changes and across the board and needed needed to be so. Uh, we brought in Chip Long, former Notre Dame, Notre Dame OC. Uh, he was also the Tulane offensive coordinator last year. I think the Tulane stop was kind of like a pit stop thing um, just to find a, find a job, maybe certain jobs that... Certain programs didn't have an OC available, a spot available, so he took the Tulane position. Uh, I think Chip Long is definitely a higher-regarded offensive coordinator throughout the country. Uh, I, I would say he's a Power 5 offensive coordinator, but maybe not somebody you'd necessarily fire your coordinator just because he's available. So you can't think of it like that. You know, you got to think like, all right, let's see where this guy goes, and if not, and Chip's available, we're going to grab Chip because we know what he can do. Um... And I think Chip and Brent Key have a lot more of a understanding, uh, and they they work well together. I think they have the same type of mindset, uh, just a little bit more stern. They expect a lot more. And then we brought in a former Heisman winner, Florida State, uh, former Florida State quarterback Chris uh, Winky. He came from Tennessee. I think he was an analyst at, at last year or the year before, whenever he worked. And um, man, I think him and Chris, or, uh, Chip Long have made a huge impact on Jeff Sims. And, and honestly, the whole quarterback group, 
uh, we basically flushed house on quarterbacks. We have Zach Pyron, the uh, the freshman quarterback from the state of Alabama. We've got Jeff Sims, as we all know and love. Uh, we've got Zach Gibson, uh, quarterback out of um, Akron, I believe, is where he transferred from, out of the MAC. Uh, had a pretty good year last year. Had 10 touchdowns and no interceptions. Had a good little run as a, I think he was a freshman. Uh, his younger brother is actually a four-star offensive lineman on our team, Tyler Gibson. Uh, he was a recruit, signed with us last year. Um, big talent. I'm glad we have both of them on the team. I think Tyler's our backup to Jeff Sims right now. But everything I'm hearing from training camp and everything else is... Jeff is flourishing underneath this new offense and it's made a change for the best. Um, I honestly, that that's music to my ears because I think last year, there was times where Jeff didn't feel confident. Uh, there's times this whole time in the offense. I don't know if Jeff ever felt confident in, in, in the offense, in his role in the offense. Um, like we said, like I said before, is square peg, round hole. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more quick RPO, quick passes, or setting up deep passes for big-bodied receivers. And that's bringing in Ryan King, EJ Jenkins, the transfer from South Carolina, who is a freak athlete. I mean, this dude is massive. Uh, think of Kyle Pitts, but even bigger. It's kind of like he honestly. This is this is not a shot at him, but I call him Predator. He's got these dreads. He's got the body like Predator. If you've seen the movie, the Schwarzenegger movies, there's a new movie out on Hulu called Prey. Check it out. It's really good. Um, he he looks like Predator. The dude is just a monster. He's six seven, two hundred and like forty five pounds, and runs probably like a four five five. The, the guy's a monster. Now, he came from a smaller school. I'm not sure where he transferred from to go to South Carolina. He just never got, got it going in South Carolina under Beamer's offense over there. But he's coming here. And Chip Long, it, this guy, this is like the perfect perfect mesh. Chip Long and EJ is like the perfect mesh. So I'm hoping that works out. I'm hoping he has a crazy good year. Um Another guy we have, Leo Blackburn, uh, massive talent, I would say. Uh, so we had our Calvin Johnson, we had our Jameer Gibbs, and I would say we have our Leo Blackburn. The guy's just a freak athlete, um, more than EJ, I would say. I'm not going to compare them, but in different ways. Blackburn is definitely a receiver more than just a tight end, and EJ's a receiver, but I would say if he went professional to the NFL, he would end up a tight end. Uh, I think Blackburn can be a little bit of both, if not mostly wide receiver. Leo is a freak athlete, that's for sure. Um, so we've, we've got some guys on offense. This whole offense is basically going to be pound the ball, run, 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 and then throw to big-bodied receivers. And you know what that sounds like? <laughs> kind of like what we did about uh, four years ago. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, throw the ball to a big receiver. Um, if we take it back six, seven, eight years ago, uh, Darren Waller. 
dungeon smelter. So I'm curious how that's going to work. Uh, it's definitely not going to be the triple option. It's definitely going to be more pass heavy than the triple option. But I don't think you're going to see Jeff Sims drop back and throw 33 passes a game. I don't think you're going to see him throw 28 passes, 25 passes. You probably see him throw 17 to 22 passes a game would be my guess. If we're close in score. <laughs> but that that would be my guess. Um, but I think the chip-long offense is going to be huge. They use the tight ends a lot. We have Dylan Leonard. Um, we got a new transfer from Syracuse Benson I believe get it fast uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have a very solid tight end core probably one of the best in the ACC and that's something crazy because three and a half four years ago we didn't even have a tight end core we had no tight ends so we flipped ahead on tight ends uh, the receivers are slowly getting better. The running backs, we lost Gibbs, but we picked up two transfers and Hassan Hall and Dylan McDuffie. Uh, they're going to be superstars. Uh, I think Hassan Hall is going to do everything that we need him to. Dylan McDuffie is going to be a ground, ground and pound type guy. And then we, of course, have Dante Smith, our beloved Dante Smith. And he is going to be everything and more that we need. Do I think we lost um, top-end talent with Gibbs? Sure. Of course we did. But at the same time, we gained so much more depth at that position. We lost Jemias Griffin, but he couldn't even crack the rotation last year, whether that be due to discipline or whatever else. I'm not sure. I wish, he, I wish it worked out, but it didn't. He's an out of Oregon State. But with Dylan McDuffie and Hassan Hall and Dante Smith, You've got a solid core that I think uh, can be a top five group in the ACC overall. Um, that that's saying something, um, honestly. But yeah, I, the offensive line, of course, everyone wants to know. But I don't know. It, it is what it is. Um, yeah. We'll find out in a couple weeks. We're going against probably the best defensive line in the nation. So we'll see what they can do. We got some big boys on the offensive line. 6'6", 6'7", 6'5", 315, 320 pounds. More than the 280, 285, 290 we used to have. But, um, man, I I don't know. We'll find out. They're young. They haven't really played together that much, so uh, that usually spells disaster, but I am holding out hope, and I'm holding out hope that Chip Long, using those tight ends, we're going to line up in a 12 personnel probably 75% of the time, two, two tight ends, so hopefully they can help out with the ends, and then we just got to hope your center, left guard, and right guard can hold ground long enough against Dylan Breesy and guys like that up the middle against Clemson because I think our tight ends would be a lot of chip blocking things like that so if Chip Long can design something to help him and Brent Key can get together and design some way to help the offensive line with those tight ends it could help us out tenfold so very curious how that's going to work 
not really sure what they have up their sleeve. I think um, the defense is going to be revamped. It's going to be addition by subtraction. So addition by subtraction of staff and players. I think there's some guys who were improperly used by the former staff that was here. Um, I think the staff that was here was here because of budgetary reasons and maybe relationship reasons and being tech people. But at the same time, uh, I don't want to use that as an excuse, but I just have a feeling that uh, we're going to see an addition by subtraction. I think the secondary is going to be a more cohesive group compared to last year's circus, whatever that was. I mean, it was awful. The last four or five games of the year was just impossible to watch. It was terrible. If every game could be played like that North Carolina game last year on defense, at least even half of that, I would be thrilled. Shoot, even a third of that, I'd be thrilled. Uh, That was a very strong defensive showing for attack last year against North Carolina. But also, North Carolina had a pretty weak offensive line last year. I'm not sure if it's gotten much better this year. Um, But I think think the defense is going to be revamped. Uh, Keon White is going to be our star on defense. I think he's finally healthy. He does um, have a minor issue right now, but he'll be ready to go for the Clemson game. And uh, he's somebody we've been waiting for since last year to really take over and be that guy and I'm telling you when you when you see him he he looks like a five six year vet in the NFL he just has a maturity about his build that is unlike anything else on Georgia Tech's roster and to be honest and this is going to be blasphemy for me in this household I almost feel like I have to step outside my house to say this but he's his build is basically what Georgia demands all their players, all their recruits to look like. So when they step off the bus, they look like a, you know, rough and tumbled NFL team. You know, they look like the 80, uh, the mid 80s, late 80s Bears. You know, they look like uh, these big, burly dudes. And that's just what Keon White is. The dude is just big and strong and massive. He looks like an ox. Like, he's strong as an ox. I mean, he's just hes just a big dude. Um, and he's quick. And he plays defensive end. And he's almost 300 pounds. 300 pounds playing defensive end, not defensive tackle. He's bigger than our defensive tackle. I think De- uh, Chemedza and... Kilo Stone and Douse and uh, whoever else plays defensive tackle. I can't. Oh, uh, ex- except for Zeke Biggers, uh, he's probably bigger than them. Especially by the eye test. I'll tell you that he's bigger than everybody by the eye test. To me, you can compare them to those guys, but he's just more cut. So if he can do anything on that on the defensive line, and then the guys on the other side, because he's going to be double teamed. He should be double teamed. So if he's double teamed, then somebody should be able to hit a gap or somebody on the other side should be able to break free. 
there should be if you're taking away off one offensive lineman from Clemson or for whoever else we play there should be somebody open to break through and hit that quarterback or to break up the run play so I'm hoping to see that and I'm hoping that happens um that's yet to be seen we have a lot more linebacker linebacker depth now so that's a huge thing we haven't had the linebacker depth in quite a while I think last year we were running with like three linebackers Charlie Thomas Ace Ely and uh Tatum and now we got uh Miguez back we got Franks back they're both healthy um Tatum's good to go we got Kyle uh, Eifert. We got quite a few at linebacker now where they can step up and and play the role. Demetrius Knight as well. I think he played last year's too. I, I, I think he scooped the ball up in the North Carolina game. Yeah, I think he, and he fell. He almost scored, but he fell. So we're pretty. We're getting deep at linebacker. The safeties I'm not concerned about. Uh, I think it's addition by subtraction. Um, I'm not saying those guys are bad players. I, I'm i fans of them. I'm playing Madden 23 at home, and I go and trade for those guys. I'm fans for them. I just think it was not a good situation for the team, for them, for the coaching staff. I think it was just an odd thing. So I'm hoping a clean slate can kind of move things on and progress the defense as a whole. Uh, the cornerback, the cornerback group, the could possibly be top three in the ACC. If they live up to their potential, they could be top three in the ACC. That's saying something. And what's going to help them? A good defensive line. If you give the quarterback all day, they can't do anything. So, hopefully, the defensive line can step up, cause a little bit of havoc, so those that secondary can, can make some plays and play cohesively um, but other than that I, I think I think this team's going to be much more gelled and a, and a better unit overall this year I think uh, they kind of have to be Collins is fighting for his job right so it's kind of put up or shut up and what would be the most tech thing to do is to go out and win six games when you say that's your cutoff. You got to win six or you're gone. And they go out and win six. That's the most tech thing to do. We do it all the time. We've done it for years. But I'm ready. I think a lot of fans are ready. Um, the Clemson game is going to have 40-something thousand in it that the top decks closed off. and I don't know. I'll say rightfully so. I don't want a bunch of uh, Clemson fans screaming at me and spelling out Clemson like we don't know how to spell Clemson. What, every tw- five, ten minutes? Um, <laughs> yeah, um... I'm not a huge fan of the move to Mercedes-Benz for a Chick-fil-A game. It's not really a home game. Tech's calling it a home game. College football's not calling it a home game. My season tickets aren't calling it a home game. Um, because I'm not sit- sitting in an area equal to where I sit-, sit where I sit at at Bobby Dodd. So I don't call that a home game. It is what it is, but hopefully it gets a little bit better. I think we have... 
one or two more Chick-fil-A kickoff games. Maybe one. I'm hoping only one. Mercedes-Benz game was nice because it was just a home game moved to... Or like the UNC game was just moved from Bobby Dodd to Mercedes-Benz. Where this game is like we're part of an event. So I hope we have only one more event. And I think it's against Louisville. Otherwise, I don't want any more events. I want just a home game move to Mercedes-Benz. Um, those seem to work a little bit better and, and a little bit nicer to season ticket holders and to everyone involved. But uh, I'm hoping for a good season. I'm hoping for everyone to be healthy. I'm hoping for everyone to um, succeed. I, I'm certainly not wishing Collins any ill will or bad luck uh, just to get rid of him I know that was a big thing with Paul Johnson people wishing him bad luck and ill will just to get rid of him and uh, I'm not going to do that and that's somebody who served for Georgia Tech or loves Georgia Tech um, I, I promise you Collins loves Georgia Tech probably just as much as you do and even if he is fired and let go he's going to love Georgia Tech and it's going to be a big part of his life so my best advice is to support the program and support him as much as possible because we could easily get a coach that does not care about Georgia Tech. That is just a stepping stone that he can flip the recruiting, he can get us winning and then just leave because we're not necessarily the end game. We're not going to find a Dabo Swinney. If we, even if we get a Dabo, we're not going to find a way to pay him enough to want to stay. Now, because Collins loves Georgia Tech, I think he would take a pay cut to stay. That's that's how I view that whole situation. Not many coaches are going to take a pay cut to uh, I won't say a pay cut. He's not losing money, but say Florida came knocking. He coached there before. And they say, we'll up your pay. 30-40% from what Tech's paying you to come here and co- to coach at Florida I just I don't know if he'd leave I don't think he would and if Tech couldn't match the money or wouldn't match the money for order bonehead this is crazy off the talk wall to talking if Collins is super successful somehow turns the ship around but that's what I'm saying is don't be so quick to want to get rid of someone who actually cares about the program who cares about the, the school the everything they're passionate about Georgia Tech just like myself just like you so uh, <laughs> I just gotta say I think uh, just support the team that's all I gotta say there are free tickets to the Western Carolina game I will share the link on Twitter. I'll share the link on Facebook. I already have in one of the Facebook groups. I'll share the link any way I can, but there's plenty of tickets. I've reserved 40 plus tickets. I'm giving them out to a youth football team. Actually, my neighbor's youth football team for North Paulding High School, and then also trying to get some for my former high school for Etowah High School. So there are plenty of tickets out there. It's free, like zero money to go into the gate. You just have to pay for parking. (laughs) If you live in Atlanta, you don't have to pay for parking. You can walk or ride 
Marta or whatever. There's ways to get to the game. You can carpool, save money on parking. Literally free. And guess what? They're going to feed you popcorn for free. And guess what? They're giving you a free gift. A water bottle. A Georgia Tech water bottle. I'm hoping it's like the season ticket one I have that I use literally every day. If so, that's golden. They're literally giving you no excuse not to come to the Western Carolina game. And before anybody complains, oh, it's going to be a noon game. No, it's a 7 o'clock game. It's a night game. Saturday night, September 10th. Free tickets. Free popcorn. And a free souvenir. There's no excuse not to show up. There's zero excuse not to show up. If you're a tech fan and you live within two and a half, three hours of Bobby Dodd Stadium, you should be there if you can. If you can make it, if you don't have to work, if you can get work to shift, switch shifts or do whatever you got to do, make it happen. Just make it happen. It's free. How many people can go to a free game? That's where we're at with tech football. But it doesn't change unless you show up. The the reason they're doing this is because they need you to show up. Because they want new fans to appreciate Georgia Tech football. These are things taking place so that hopefully it builds the program. This is a calculated move to get people into the building to appreciate Georgia Tech football. Because I promise you they're going to win that game. And they're going to win by more than 20 points. They're going to win by more than 28 points. They probably win by 35 plus. They're going to lay the hammer down. Because that's going to be the game that they work all their kinks out. I'm just telling you. So they're going to try and put on a show. For all those fans. And there's no excuse for us not to fill those fans. There's free seats. I don't know how many different ways I have to describe it. Tell people. Share to people. But there is free football. Free Division 1 Power 5 football. That you can see on a Saturday night. Not a day. Not, not September at noon. At 87 degrees in the sun. It's at 7 p.m. kickoff. It gives you the whole day to tailgate with the family and build new memories with all your kids and everyone else. That's perfect. And how can you help? Share the word to other people that you know. The link will be shared. It's easy to find. It's on the Georgia Tech Facebook group. It's on Georgia Tech's Twitter page talking about it. It's easy to find the link. The promo is ATL Day A. T-L-D-A-Y and got a co-worker that's never been to a tech game invite them and they don't even have to go with you tell them to take their kids tell them to take their spouse whoever it's literally free it's something to do on a Saturday night and tech should whoop some butt so again it kind of looks pathetic outside but it's a calculated move to try and build a fan base, to try and get people in the door, to try and get the, the fans rejuvenated because they understand if it's a close game against Clemson and then they just 
beat the, or they beat the brakes off of Western Carolina, which they should, and anybody should, but if they do, then they know ticket sales will probably go up the following week, the following home game, just to see, hey, what, what can they do? Can they, can they surprise us? And that's key. That's it's key is getting people in the gate. So, I ask you, anybody listening, grab those free seats. Be there September 10th, 7 p.m. against Western Carolina. Small school is where actually where Jeff Collins uh, went to school. That's where he played. So maybe you want to lay the wood down. I don't know, but I I sure hope so. But other than that, uh, we got Clemson coming up very quickly. Um, uh, it, it can't get here quick enough, and I don't want it to happen because as soon as football season starts, it's like the rest of the year just wraps up so quick. It's like as soon as we get in the football season, it's Christmas. And I hate that because uh, I feel like the whole year's gone. But I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be it. I think every game this year, um, first time in three years we've been able to go to every game. So that's going to be a big thing. Um, I hope to see a lot of you out there. Um, my name's Tyler, so don't be a, be afraid to say hi. I don't bite. might look a little funny. I do have glaucoma. I have a bad eye. Uh, I lost vision in my right eye. Shoot. Um, two years ago? Three years ago? Well... Uh, probably like five, four or five years ago now, but, um, I, is, I have a rare eye disease, uh, that led to glaucoma. Um, so it caused my vision to go bad in one eye, but, so it may look a little funny, but I promise you I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I don't, I'm not a mean guy. I cheer hard for tech and I cheer loud and proud. So if you guys want to stand on the front lines and scream and, and hoot and holler for tech and yell out go jackets every time we get a first down, then come stand by me and we'll go. My season tickets are in section 102. Um, I'm pretty hard to miss because I'm, I'm screaming and clapping most of the game. So I don't wait till third down to, to make a lot of noise. I, I do it the entire time we're on defense. So the entire game, unless we're down a lot or we're up by quite a bit. But as long as it's within, say, 21 points, uh, I'm there screaming and clapping them, yelling. But I hope everyone has a great football year. It's now football season. Uh, preseason games are on TV for the NFL. High school games are in full swing. I'm going to my first high school game next week, next Friday. My former, um, my former school, Etowah. So hopefully, they get the win they won this past week. Uh, but I hope everyone has a great, safe uh, holiday weekend for the Clemson game. Hope to see you there. And if not, I better see you at that Western Carolina game because it's free and they feed you. So <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. And uh, signing off, go Jackets to hell with Georgia.